0: Hey folks, welcome back to Shimmer History, Volume 9 of Women's Athletes Retrospective. I'm Stephen, joined as always by Stacy.
1: How are you? I'm excellent, Stephen. How are you? <laughs> I'm pretty good. How are you to be back? <laughs> yeah. So
0: earlier this year, I said I'm done with podcasts um, <laughs> completely. Like the world is too messed up and I don't want to do another podcast. It's just like, hey, hey, wrestling. Um, I want to do something that you know s- matters in any type of way at all. And at least with this, as we found out with Speaking Out, women's wrestling, women in wrestling, women's voices talking about wrestling are very important. So I'm very glad to be talking to you about wrestling on a podcast.
1: Well, thank you. Um, I'm glad to be talking to you, too. I'm glad to be doing my bit as a woman in wrestling Uh, fandom, I guess. Uh, yeah, and I I think I agree with you. Like, it, wrestling as a whole kind of feels superfluous a lot of the time these days just because of the world. But this feels like something we should do. And I think, and that's the reason why, like, when we started talking about picking it up again, like, I think that's one of the main reasons why I really wanted to because I just looked at, you know, what is going on in the world of wrestling um and it just feels like we need to talk about more women's wrestling you know this like you, like you said these are voices and these are things that need to be heard and talked about so so yeah this is we're doing our our part and talking about shimmer yeah and you know podcasts
0: really need more cis white males straight white males to have their voice so I'm glad to be adding that aspect of it um <laughs> So that's very important. Uh, but boy oh boy, we are basically doing Shimmer schedule now of just taking whatever time we want in between shows and then putting out stuff so so good on us.
1: Yeah, we're just staying true to you know true to the the text
0: basically <laughs> exactly. like uh, we're doing volume 9 which was recorded April 7th of 2007. Volume 8 was recorded October 22nd of 2006. So, so that's like six months apart. So not exactly what we did, but yeah, Shimmer kind of, it doesn't matter because like they're not really like you have to watch these shows and their shows are at these times. It's like, here is another volume of a DVD
1: release and get it whenever it comes out. Yeah, the only timeline that really matters is the chronology of Shimmer itself. You know, it, it's not really beholden to to any other kind of time constraint. So, which is good, and definitely good for us, knowing the way that we record. <laughs>
0: exactly. Um, so, yeah, a lot of things happened in the world. Uh, a lot of things happened in wrestling. Uh, is there anything you want to go over about that before we get on
1: to the show? I... Don't think that I do I mean I it, it feels like a heavier subject than I feel confident in talking about but I think you know as as frustrating it as it has been particularly in the last few weeks as things kind of seem like they're going back to normal which is not really what what any what anyone wants or any what anyone should want but I think it you know it was so important that it happened and it's so brave that it has happened, that these people have spoken out, and I, you know, I'm, I'm just yeah glad that these things are coming out, and I can only hope that it will help get these kind of people out of wrestling and help make more people feel safe within wrestling, which is how it should be.
0: Yeah, and we got things like um, Thunder Rosa starting Mission Pro Wrestling, which is to entirely women, from the referees to the bookers to the cameramen, to everything uh, and stuff like that so definitely some good things obviously some people are trying to sneak their way back in um, which if they have receipts and that they've changed and we can show that they're good people okay if you've learned a lesson but uh, that's not on the other hand happening. yes
1: <laughs> on the other hand if you're Joey Ryan <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you're Joey Ryan go fuck yourself Um, so that, that's, that's good.
1: Um, do you want to talk about some Shimmer?
0: It's been a while. I think we should. It's about time. Yeah. So one thing I want to note about this show, and I think it's something we've kind of talked about before, but thank goodness for the way Shimmer produces their shows, uh, for Prezak and Alice in Danger, for the way they talk during commentary, because, like, (laughs) I can't remember anything that happened before, but thankfully they do, and then we remind you about it, and you're completely caught up. Like the moment anyone appears, you're like, "Oh yeah, this is a heel. Look at how they're acting." Dave Prazak's there to be like, "Okay, this person uh, is debuting. This person, you know, is on a losing streak. Here's what's happening. Here's what's going forward. Um, are y'all good?" Is basically how his commentary are, is, and I very much appreciate it, especially right now.
1: Absolutely. And I, yeah, for me personally, you know, having watched the last volume a year ago, at least, uh, it was very, very easy to pick up again. And I think that's the beauty of the, the way that Shimmer works and the way the volumes work, um, is like we said, they're not sort of constrained to a certain period of time or reliant on other shows that you have to watch. Um you can just pick up a volume, and if you haven't watched the previous one, they'll catch you up on what happened, and you can just go from there. It's very, very easy to follow, even if you dip in and out, which is, which is very good, because then it's accessible.
0: Yeah, it's very smart, it's very well run. I don't know, uh, who is all, like, doing the production work, or, like, doing the writing, or, like, informing everyone, but kudos to them for everything they do it's very much appreciated. Um, So we start off, Volume 8 here, obviously the Berwyn's Eagles Club. Um, I think it's going to be a long time before we do a show that's not in the Berwyn's Eagles Club, so we just kind of assume it's always there. Um, We start off with the Sarah Del Rey promo. Um, Basically, I lost my first match ever against Mercedes last time. Um, Melissa, she's facing one over Daisy Hayes last time. I'm going to get back on track and win again. <laughs> it was the promo. Um, any thoughts on that one?
1: Well, it was good. It was short, sweet, to the point. And uh, the only little wrinkle that was added was uh, Sarah's line about how I saw you hit the Kudo driver on Daisy, but you're not going to hit it on me, uh, which then sort of set up things later. So, I yeah, I yeah, it was good. Good introduction to tell us, you know, what the hell's happening. Yeah us on track um
0: and so the first match is the debuting uh jezebel eden black uh from england uh, in her first match in america actually uh taking on you know our our longtime faithful uh, rain who i believe at one point was listening to this podcast so if she is uh, uh thank you uh, we appreciate it um uh, i got a question for you so, so yeah. rain comes to the ring uh do you know who the heel is in this match?
1: <laughs> it's so hard to tell because, I mean, Rain, she's just so quiet and unassuming. You really have to dig deep to find out what's going on inside her mind. Uh, no, uh, she came out and pretty much yelled at every individual person in the building uh, from beginning to end and then got in the ring. So good old Rain, uh, we are back with some good old healing, which I always appreciate from her. Oh my god, and also like,
0: how much current, how much wrestling have you watched in the last 18 months since we talked
1: last time? Honestly, very, very little. Yeah. I have to say. <laughs> um, I've watched like a
0: lot of all Japan women from like the 80s and it was very uh, evident there. I kind of gave up on the WWE due to a lot of the things they have done. That I find unacceptable. Um, but a lot of modern wrestling, uh, even like current Gemmer, because I, I watched their show at the Collective. Man, is it nice to see heels in wrestling?
1: Like, it's yeah, so it's, nice. you don't, yeah, you don't often get that anymore, uh, because. Yeah, everything's even heels like are doing the high spots and and all that sort of stuff now and it's just yeah, it's honestly is refreshing and in, in Shimmer, the one thing you can say is that you know who the heels are. And it even when you look at at something like ring of honor going on at the same time and shout out to our sisters in retrospective podcasting through the years for going through those shows uh, and they always talk about especially in the early years always talk about There's no line between heels and faces. You can't tell who's supposed to be a heel and, you know, and who I'm cheering for, things like that. And it's like, you don't get that in Shimmer, really, because you can tell who the heels are because they are acting like dicks the entire time. (laughs) They're acting like dicks. They're not trying to, like, out
0: high spot their opponent. Like, they kind of, like, Rain has a lot of cool spots she could do. Uh, but she kind of reins that in a little bit to make sure that Eden Black here
1: <laughs> Reigns <this>. it in. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: Wow, <laughs> it's been a while, but we're right on form already, uh, which is great. Uh So she she kind of makes sure that Eden looks like you know the the fiery person who's who's exciting, while she kind of slows down her offense just to to make sure that she's not getting the cheers over Eden Black, so I really appreciate that. Um, we're joined
1: by Dave Prazak and Allison Danger. Nice to hear them back. Yes. I We have talked about this the first few volumes. They're actually becoming quite a good commentary team together, uh, especially, I think, now that Danger is growing into the role um, as the color guy, color girl, woman. Uh, and, it yeah, they are a really good team, and it actually is really... Enjoyable to have them on
0: commentary. Yeah, and they let you—they let you know the characters. Um, they let you know the stories very well, um, so you're not really missing anything. Um, so, so they talk about how uh, basically everyone from the world is coming to Shimmer. <laughs> so, so Eden Black is coming from England, making her U.S. debut just to appear in, in Shimmer. So that's pretty. I, I, I like that talk.
1: Yeah, that was a nice touch, and I also, I looked it up, um, there was a big, there was a UK tour that at least Danger was on um, in March of this year, like the month before. Um, Ring of Honor uh, toured England in March of 07, and then Danger worked a lot of indies there, and actually worked against Eden Black when she was there, and that's probably, was her sort of unofficial tryout when she was working with Danger, and then Danger was able to bring her in to America, that, in April, so that was, yeah, nice how that came about, and yeah, and they're finding talent from all over the world, which is good. They've already had wrestlers from Europe, um, you know, lots from Canada, Kong coming from Japan where she mainly worked, and yeah, so it was good. And Eden Black, I, I can't work out, it's, she's named Jezebel for, for reasons I really don't understand, and she comes out dressed. I, I don't she know has a Glenn Robertson Milwaukee
0: Bucks jersey?
1: A purple Bucks jersey on and plastic pants. And she's looking like either really early Chris Hero or like dressed like Homicide, basically. <laughs> like somewhere in between there, which is just, yeah, very strange. And
0: The Milwaukee um, Bucks are, were not a popular team around this time. And Glenn Robinson wasn't like a very famous player. So I don't know why this this woman in England <laughs> like picked that
1: yeah jersey. I yeah I don't have the the NBA context to know if you know why she was wearing that particular jersey, but I guess even you don't. So there may have been no particular context for wearing the jersey. I think it was just purple. It was like, hey. Maybe it just matched her outfit, like you know how uh, John Cena when he was a heel he would wear like the sports well he when he was rapping he would wear the sports jerseys of whatever town he was in yeah, yeah. um to yeah. match yeah. and then he would like wear like you know clothes to match the color theme like hats and stuff and then it's like the opposite where like she just wants to wear purple <laughs> so she just has to find a purple jersey somewhere
0: <laughs> yeah it's, it's like yeah they're in Chicago like she could have picked like a, a Jordan. Or like, uh, or someone who was on the Bulls at the time, jersey. But um,
1: yeah, just the one choice. But... One
0: time, I bet you she wore this jersey in, in England too. Like, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, it's just baffling. But anyway, here she is. Here she is. So, um, this is your 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 classic Shimmer opening match, right? Like, it's really solid. It's not going to out like star the later matches um there's some really good stuff I, I really loved uh rain who you know she's she's cheating she's doing all the stuff she's on the floor she's yelling at fans and she like eats a plancha but like she's not sitting there waiting for it she just kind of is, like she's yelling at fans and then a plancha hits her uh which i, I really enjoyed that spot
1: yeah, it was set up very well by Rain, like you said, to not look like she was standing around waiting for the dive. Um yeah. There was some good stuff in this match. Like Eden I think it was Eden Black who hit a Page Turner, like Paige's finish, uh for a near fall, and I swear to God she hit it better than Paige ever hit that <laughs> move in her life. I hate that stupid move, but yeah. <laughs> it actually looked good here. So Is that um, one I was the default and impact maneuver. <laughs> Possibly, yes, because it's you can't really say much about it unless you know its its name from the future, so um I don't really know what it is, But <laughs> he, uh, he did say what an impact
0: maneuver like he was a McMahon man from the nineties that that cracked me up a lot,
1: <laughs> but updated for the two thousands by you by adding impact, yeah, totally like, <laughs> yeah, um okay, my other thing about this match um speaking of the fact that it is now 2020 and it's a different world now as we still continue to watch Shimmer things that would not fly in 2020 a white girl from England having a finish called Black Blaxploitation <laughs> because that is the fucking name of Eden Black's finish which is a crucifix bomb I believe uh, what the fuck I didn't catch that but yeah that's, that's Yeah they that's uh, bad. That's they made bad. they made a point danger i guess danger was really trying to hype eden up and they oh, were this, this they her do the thing where they were black and like that's
0: the best she could think
1: of Yeah and it's just no honey no 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 she did have the garden of eden too a triangle joke Yeah which is actually a good name for her finish and yeah, which was her actual finish as it turned out, but they were talking about her, like her moves, her signature moves on commentary, and that was one of them. And then they popped when she hit the crucifix bomb and called it the Blaxploitation, because that's oh. what it was, and I just hid behind my couch, so. Uh, I I but yeah, say part-
0: also another part that I, I really enjoyed. Um, rain did the, the All Japan Women bridge out of a pin. Kick out
1: oh I love that
0: I love it it's used a lot in all Japan women uh, sometimes way too much uh, I think it was only once on this whole uh, weekend that it was done but it's I love it every time I see it It always makes me happy
1: I love it too and it's it's such a standard spot in all Japan and I just and I watch American wrestling and I just think why has nobody stolen this and I would watch through all the the women's wrestling in WWE thinking why has nobody stolen this and then Becky Lynch turned up to NXT in 2014 and started doing it. And I was like, yes, thank you. Like, I remember, even at the time, I remember I saw that. I was like, yes, finally, thank you. Someone is Angle using it. So Becky actually used it, in it as a One face.
0: match. Kurt Angle used it against Shane McMahon at the King of the Ring. I remember, because I popped so huge when he did it. And then he just he never did it did? again. Yeah. The King of the Ring, the one where he, like, killed Shane McMahon. Well,
1: yeah, I remember that much for other things. The one thing I remember (laughs) about that match... And you remember the
0: (laughs) kick-out. I do. The bridge out kick-out is my, like, lasting memory from that match, so... um, Obviously, I I watch wrestling weird sometimes. Um, But, yeah, Eden Black, she's debuting. Reigns a staple. Eden gets the win. Uh, It's a hot opener to get the crowd going. Um, Good booking. It all makes sense. Questionable stuff uh, with with naming of moves, uh, but uh, you know that's if that's the worst we
1: have, that's that's a little bit better than a lot of wrestling you watch, right? Uh, true. Yeah, and it just um, I like, I don't know what I thought about Eden Black because I mean she was good and the crowd was clearly into her. Like they did a good job of like the crowd getting into it. I don't know how familiar they were with her. I mean, who knows? But. Yeah, the crowd was really into her, especially towards the end. Um, but, like, I, I wasn't wild about her comeback. She seemed a little bit kind of sloppy at points and wasn't really yeah, yeah. hitting things. But, I mean, also it's the first time I've seen her, so who knows. But, I like, I did like the finish where Rain was going for the, the acid rain and then she just counted into the triangle and got the submission. And it's... Uh, somebody having like a killer submission like that is actually will probably make her stand out in Shimmer because obviously we have uh, women who can work submissions and do that sort of thing but they don't often have that kind of finisher I can't think of anyone off the top of my head that has a, a submission finish so it will probably be good to make help her stand out going forward
0: yeah for sure um, so we'll see, uh, I know she is back on future shows so um we don't have to worry about that. I've actually, I've done some research for the first time and we're gonna know, uh, when people leave and if they return. So I, I will, if someone's on their final episode, I will mention that. We can talk about them as they go. Cause, uh, we should have been doing that since the start, but, um,
1: whatever. <laughs> yeah, we should have, but I don't want to do research because I don't want the show spoiled for me, is my problem. <laughs> well, here's <laughs> I mean, what I've learned. I mean, learned. selfish.
0: <laughs> here's what I've learned. So on Cage Match, you can look at it by card instead of results. And also. That's what I've been doing. Yeah. Man, when it gets to the next show, they just have the wrong matches listed for some reason,
1: um, which we'll talk about. When we got to Yeah, it. I noticed that too. Actually, yeah, the match order was out of order on cage match, but yeah. Yeah, not only match order, they had just
0: the wrong matches. Um, huh. So we'll I didn't notice that. But fair yeah. Uh, so next up, we got Cheerleader and Melissa, also hyping the main event. Basically, I'm going to do what I did on Volume Seven and win, and I'm going to hit my finisher again. Uh, certain sweet, but uh, it looks like the story of the the main event is going to be about if Melissa can hit the Kudo Driver or not.
1: Yeah. Which, yeah, again, is a nice little angle to set up the main event, so um, I'm looking forward. I mean, I was looking forward to it on paper, um, Del Ravis Melissa, because uh, to me, they're probably like, the two best in-ring workers in Shimmer facing off so far. So, um, yeah, I'm excited anyway, and now we have this little thread of, of story, like, ooh, can she hit the finish or not? So, we shall see. But that's like such a, a thing, too, in, in
0: Shimmer, is... Like, finding little, little touches to, like, focus on. Uh, like, a lot of wrestling, you know, wins and losses are sometimes important. Uh, who knows, titles are important, whatever, or nothing's important, like, some wrestling. Uh, but in Shimmer is like, not only is winning important, but can you hit your finisher? That's an important story to follow, too. Uh, so that's always nice to see.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh so we have the return here of our uh one of our predominant uh early undercard baby faces in Shimmer, Portuguese Princess Ariel, uh taking on the debuting Alexa Thatcher. Uh, what did you think of Thatcher here?
1: Well, first of all, I uh loved her music that she came out to, they which is already music, always a good start. They do have good music. It, yeah, it C'est la vie is a classic, and then Alexa, uh, Alexa yes, came out to uh, 24 by Jam, which is also a banger. So, yeah, I was very excited for the Battle of the Entrance music and then also the Battle of the Match. Um, yeah, so we haven't seen Alexa before. They said she was from New Jersey um, and that she had just worked the last, well, our recent Ring of Honor show. So, uh. Yeah, so obviously she's worked Ring of Honor with Danger and, and those kind of people, and now she's coming to Shimmer. Yeah, and
0: she, she you know, obviously she's a bit younger than some of the other uh, women, a little less experience, and um, this is another just really fun... I really like Ariel as, like, your, your kind of... It's hard to say underdog babyface in this match, but that's generally what she is. Uh, but an underdog babyface facing someone even younger, um, she just she has a lot of energy. Uh, she works really hard. She, she works smart and tight. Uh, so this was just another fun, good match here. I thought um, nothing crazy, nothing that was going to overshadow anything, uh, but a, a, another really just uh, fun
1: stuff. Yeah, it was. And like you mentioned, I think Ariel kind of relished a chance to wrestle someone who was definitely smaller than her. (laughs) Um, Because usually she because she's so short, like she's, she's got some muscle on her. But because she's so short, she's usually the underdog, like you said, but Alexa is tiny. And Ariel actually kind of like beat on her a little bit and I liked it like uh, like Ariel really laid in with her chops and her strikes and the forearms like just she got her in the corner and then did some chops and then just absolutely battered her with forearms in the corner right in the tit and it must have came like it looked like it sucked and yeah, just absolutely killed her with it. And and then when she got turned around and then Alexa started firing back as well, she just hits this massive gut punch yeah. that just levels Alexa, and it was so good. So honestly, yeah, Ariel looked really good in this because she kind of laid everything in and was just beating the hell out of Alexa. And, yeah, Alexa wasn't, yeah, super cold to do to do a lot, but she looked fine. And like you said, she seems very young and very green, so we'll see how she goes. But I think Ariel did really well in this match and made it really, really fun to watch.
0: Yeah, it was one of the rare uh, face-versus-face matches, which uh, I always enjoy seeing uh, when they're done well. And it, Ariel kind of took that like Bret Hart slight heel role, but not a heel, um, which very nice to see, and she played that really well. She hits, uh, she hits her cutter move uh, for the win. And we also got the return of Alice in Danger leaving mid-match and Dave wishing her good luck,
1: which never gets old for me. <laughs> she may have left herself enough time to get ready this time. I'm what? not sure. I, I can't know, remember how true. early she left in, during the match. But <laughs> she I mean, left it didn't go least, that long. like three minutes
0: before the next match started, so that's that's huge improvement
1: for her. Yeah, I think she had enough time to run to the phone booth and spin and and, and make her entrance, so. Uh, so we got
0: Eden Black promo
1: Uh,
0: she's going to make everyone tap
1: yeah apparently and like I said I think having that hook will actually help her like to stand out in in shimmer and it will give her matches a hook because then we can see if she can get her finisher run or not so yeah I really I really like the the direction they're going with her Uh, now that we're in match three we got the first like
0: kind of meaty match of the show uh, we have the experience uh, Lexi Fife and Malaya Hosaka uh, versus Allison in Danger and
1: Cindy Rogers teaming. They're putting their differences aside. Yeah, well, they explained it by saying that, and I think this is what started to happen on Volume Eight that we can't remember <laughs> what we talked about until we until we listen to it when it goes to air. So uh, that um, Danger was really. As we heard on commentary, very disappointed, as was <laughs> I, with poor Cindy Rogers uh, starting to take shortcuts and get a bit short and snippy and sort of turn to the dark side. And Danger was going to sit Cindy down and talk to her and tell her the error of her ways and put her on the right track. Mm-hmm. And so now the result of that is that they are teaming up together, which Prezak mentioned that they have done before, and I think Danger mentioned at some point yeah, that they have done before as well, teamed up together. Or, yeah. Yeah, they know, they know each other well. They've wrestled together before, traveled together before, and so Danger wants to take Cindy under her wing and, and keep her on the right path. I really wish they recorded that sit-down talk
0: between the two. <laughs> Where Alice in Danger like, gave her a chewing out for cheating, <laughs> and then's like, okay, I'm going to put you as my partner, we're not going to cheat, and we're going to go to the top, and you'll see. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it
1: would have been amazing. If this happened in WWE, we would have got that skit. And it, it With like been a psychiatrist <laughs> or like
0: a media. Like yeah,
1: a- they would have seen Dr. Shelby and, and had to talk it out and act. So actually, yeah, maybe not. Maybe it's good that we didn't. But Yeah. Yeah.
0: And um, we got Dave Prezak
1: giving us some updates. Um,
0: Lepisto is making a sabbatical. She may retire. Uh, she doesn't, which
1: is great. Um, no, I think Lefisto retires like Terry Funk retires. <laughs> yeah. So we will see her back at some point.
0: She's still wrestling today, so who knows? Exactly. Uh, Mercedes Martinez is injured, but she will return. There, he Dave predicts by 2008. Um, I don't know when she does return, but uh, she's obviously has returned um, and has become by now. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> she is. She's you know one of the best wrestlers in the world and was the best wrestler in the world last year so. And probably the year before that, too. So she's definitely back and awesome. Yeah. Uh, so, this match... Um,
1: and well, before before we get into the match itself, I just want to mention that Danger uh, made her entrance here and is rocking a new look. I don't yeah. believe she was doing this on the last volume we watched. Um, she came out in a coat and a... Uh, what is it? Like a... Kabuki mask or a geisha Like it's like Something an Oscar As- like mask, but with nothing on it, like just a white mask. Um coming out with the big theatrics and then taking it off. So um yeah, she's Danger clearly has sort of changed her look and her vibe a little bit. Um she still thankfully has the same entrance music which I love.
0: Yeah, it's really good. And she has the uh, the Canadian um back and American front of her tights. Uh, which yeah. is um, apparently uh, I was reading a review. Uh, she'd been spending a lot of time in A to Z, uh, a promotion in Japan and had kind of adopted that look there. Uh, yeah. Okay.
1: That makes sense. Yeah.
0: And so what do we got? We got an extended face of peril on danger uh, with Cindy looking pretty good. Uh, it, there's a lot, st- this is a lot more storyline based match. Um, going on in this thing, as opposed to, like, it's a good, solid tag match, and it's well worked at the beginning, uh, but a lot of it is just, uh, pushing the Danger Cindy story. I want to talk about that.
1: Yeah, um, like you said, very storyline heavy. I actually, I liked the, sort of, body of the match, as it were, as well, um, because like the heels have settled into being a very good heel team, like they know what they're doing, they're cheating and doing using all the tricks in the book, you know and uh, even even when the bell rang, and uh Malia Hosaka complained to the ref because the crowd was cheering too loud and distracting her. <laughs> Yeah, and she's a she very was, old school heel. <laughs> like she <laughs> is. I just I love what they do with it. All the the shtick they bring to their matches. Um. So yeah, I enjoyed that part of it. And we actually uh we kind of got like a double face in peril in this match because Cindy yeah, yeah, got not. got taken over first and and beaten down. Um, and yeah, and she's she's always. Been a good face in peril, and I like I like that about her. And then I actually really, it's a little thing, but I really dug the hot tag she made because usually hot tags are these like double knockdown, long drawn out crawl hot tags. But I like really quick hot tags. So like Sydney just kind of busted out of something, hit a clothesline, and then in the same motion as hitting the clothesline, she like went into the corner and hit the tag straight away and it was like bang. And then danger comes in and wrecks and I really loved it. So yeah. then danger came in and then she got taken over as well. And then now suddenly it's danger in peril. Danger in <laughs> peril. Yeah, that's good. That's uh, a hell of a phrase. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: and what's great is like every time danger kind of gets to the corner, they do the, the, you know, the classic Cindy is talking to the crowd and doesn't notice. Um, and she like accidentally distracts the referee at a point. Uh, yeah, Cindy is, she's not very yeah. really good in this match, I don't think. I don't think she, she was clearly not intended to, um, to listen to danger, uh, from the beginning.
1: Yeah. She's kind of like, you know, a teenager, like she's like going along with mom, but like, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, be into it. You know what I mean? I'm just doing this because I have to, because my mom told me I had to, like, that's how it really came off. And especially, yeah, late in the match in the corner when danger was trying to crawl for a, for a tag. Yes. It was very, it was, I liked that it was so kind of subtle, like it wasn't blatant as it can often be in these situations. Like, Cindy was there, like, reaching for the tag, but then, you know, she would kind of sort of look behind her and, oh, what did you say behind me? And, like, and just kind of just get, to, like you said, like, just literally get distracted by the crowd at the wrong moment. And it didn't look um, on purpose. You know, it looked very inadvertent, which is what was good about it. You know what exactly but it just ended it like?
0: Yeah. It looked exactly like when the Rockers were splitting up uh, in the WWF and Sean would be on the apron and he'd be like flirting with girls in the crowd. And he would not notice Marty being a tag. Uh, it it was kind of a, that exact feel to me.
1: So what you're saying is that Cindy was flirting with girls in the crowd. I don't think there was too many girls in the crowd.
0: Sadly. (laughs) Um, that's, that's one of the defaults of Shimmer at this point is that Mm the, the audience makeup, uh, is not ideal for the promotion they're going for. Um, I'm not sure when that changes, but uh we'll keep our eyes open for that. Uh, <laughs> but she could yeah. be flirting with girls in the crowd. I don't
1: know. It may have been one or two. Like... Yeah, for sure. <sighs> uh, and
0: Yeah, so we get to the finish here. What, what I found interesting was Danger makes the comeback on her own, and she doesn't cool. go for the tag at all. So
1: I noticed that too. Yeah, and it was it was a very dangerous thing to do uh, as well, but it was like it was like um John Cena often does this when he's in a tag with like someone he hates or you know something like that and then he ends up just making his own comeback anyway. And you just think, "Well, why did you need a partner if you're going to do it all yourself?" You know what I mean? Like yeah. Cena needs a partner, but then he doesn't use them because he just makes his own comeback. That ha- that used to happen a lot. And so danger, yeah, basically just ends up making her own comeback because she can't she can't tag Cindy. So she kind of just has to do it herself anyway. And yeah, and she's not needed. And then at the actual finish, uh, it's um, Malia Hosaka who distracts the referee. They're jumping in the ring, distracting the ref yeah. and Cindy Rogers, <laughs> honey, uh, comes into the ring and hits danger with her finish, which is the X factor, I believe. Uh, hits Danger with the X-Factor behind the referee's back and the heels hit their finisher, the double gourd buster and pin Danger. Yeah. Cindy, what the hell, dude. <laughs> so so yeah, Cindy has turned heel. So, yeah, finally.
0: I, I guess we've been waiting for it. But the way I see it is like, I think this might have been Danger's fault. Um, So you could look at this like, Cindy Rogers is just distracted, and that's why she wasn't there. Um, but it seemed like Alice in Danger took that as Cindy was fucking with her. So instead of going for the tag, uh, she tries to do her own comeback, which kinda sets Cindy off, I think. So, like, there's different yeah. ways to look at this one, and uh, each side's kinda got might have it a point here.
1: Well, like I said, they pulled it off really well because, like I said, it was so inadvertent the way that Cindy was doing it, and and then it just ended up that Danger had to make her own come, and whether she made her own come back on purpose because she didn't want to tag Cindy anymore, or whether it's just she had to because that's you know how the match was going, and then whether Cindy meant to not tag in, or whether she was genuinely distracted, you know, we don't know. And then... We don't know if Cindy was genuinely pissed off because she wouldn't eventually tag her, or whether she you know, in a in a pro wrestling way, whether that was her plan all along kind of thing. Yeah. You know, but it actually it does seem like it just kind of developed from the match. Like Cindy was being talked to talked down to by danger, like telling her what to do, telling her to be a good guy, and Cindy wasn't having it. She was like, Fine mom, I'll be in your tag match and And then eventually she was just like, fuck this. Like, that's how it came off to me if I had to interpret it. And like, yeah, from the, she wasn't interested to begin with because she just wanted to do her own thing. And then by the end of the match, because of everything that happened, the mistags and all that, she just had had enough and was like, fuck this.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I really liked this angle. It was well done. Uh, and clearly, uh, we'll talk about that promo in a second. Uh, it's, it's leading to, uh, to some stuff. Uh, but first, ROHwrestling.com promo. You can, you can buy some Shimmer DVDs. You can buy some skull caps, which I think are toques. I'm not sure what a skull cap is.
1: I assume it's a beanie, but. I think, and I think two-ton that's two-ton, what yeah. you call a, a beanie, so I think we all agree, <laughs>
0: basically. <laughs> it's just there's a hundred names for the same thing. But beanie is mm. such a stupid name. I don't know why Americans use that. It's so lame. Like, I'm going to put on my beanie? What are you like? Wait, use
1: it? <laughs> really? It's so lame. Yeah. You're the only ones that don't call it a beanie, I'm pretty sure.
0: But isn't Took way better?
1: Well, I mean, I... I've never known how to pronounce it, so <laughs> now that I
0: do, I can start using it. Yeah, there you go. Start saying too. Because a beanie to I'll me start. is, like, one of those little, like, pro- uh, propeller hats that, like, <laughs> they put on, like, lame people and, to make Yeah, fun all, all my beanies have little propellers on them. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm apologies. Uh, so now we're back to Alice in Danger <laughs> doing a promo, and basically... She told Cindy to be a good person. They were friends. We were so great together, but you were bad and you didn't listen. So now we're going to fight on volume 10.
1: <laughs> yeah, well I think I think the the betrayal and the and the cheap shot of hitting her finish was probably more what she was upset about after all the cuz Danger like Danger thinks she's genuinely just trying to help Cindy. Yeah. And Cindy is just having none of it. And so danger feels especially affronted because she's just trying to help her and show her the right way. And it's just been thrown back in her face. And now the ultimate affront of Cindy betraying her, hitting her with a finish, costing her a match and walking out. Um, the whole thing is just – and, I mean, we know that danger can get emotional Because we all remember when she (laughs) wanted Becky, Becky, yeah, wanted Rebecca Knox, uh, young Rebecca, to be murdered for grabbing the ropes during a match. Uh, So, you know, she's a bit emotional at times. Danger, and she was she was fired up here. Like she was was ropeable and really laid into it. She really hates cheating. Any kind of nefarious heel move is just she is having none of it and yeah so she kind of really fired up promo like talking about their history they traveled together they've been friends they've tagged together all this sort of stuff and yeah and now how betrayed she feels by Cindy and she's just she's just in for it and that was the uh the match made for volume 10 yeah but like
0: wasn't Alice in Danger like always a heel in Ring of Honor and she's yes she's Steve (laughs) (laughs) Carino's sister (sighs)
1: Yeah, and in Ring of Honor, she's like a heel. I think, doesn't she? Isn't she in Christopher Daniels' group that I can't yeah, remember the name was. of? she
0: was, and always
1: is daughter. a heel and interfering and all this garbage. And, and but in, yeah, and she's a Carino, but like, but in Shimmer she is the purest white white baby face.
0: It's almost like she's like like too much.
1: Like she's projecting. It's I think it's it's actually like a whole like multiverse arc where danger is like projecting all of her guilt and uh you know everything about being a heel in other companies and having to do such horrible things that she like she builds it all up and then in shimmer she just unleashes it as like this like vigil- vigilante justice warrior fighting all the heels and being a pure baby face. <laughs> it's true
0: uh it's the danger multiverse <laughs> i like it Alright, uh, so now we're moving on to, um, Portia Perez, uh, good from, uh, from Ottawa, a town I used to live in, uh, versus, uh, Josie with her awesome booty, 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 rocket everywhere theme, uh, which <laughs> every time cracks me up. Like, no wrestlers come out to that except for her, so it just makes me happy every time. Uh-
1: I, me too. I can't
0: get over it. Every time. And I will say for the record, every show she's on, that will be the intro music to the podcast um, as long as she is on the show. So <laughs> uh, so Portia has a great like heel entrance. Uh, these two both have not had wins. And uh, Allison Danger is back, and she is fucking pissed. And... This exchange, where Dave Prasak says, you did what you could do, you gave great advice, she made her choice. was <laughs> <It's laughs> one of the best things I've ever heard on commentary.
1: Oh, yeah, poor Prezak trying to talk her down when she's <laughs> fired up in the booth, like, oh, yeah. Danger is still so pissed about this on commentary. <laughs> I'm 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 scared for Cindy because yeah she's she's out of her mind. It but that. yeah, <laughs> you gave her great advice. What else could you do? <laughs> yeah, Prezex just trying to talk her down. You know, like look, you, you, like I get it. You, you did everything you could. You know, people. You can't change people, all right. You know, you just gotta live your life. <laughs> you're just trying to be. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh
0: man. I, I gotta say, Portia. Is really fun. Here's a heel. Um, she does some great cheating, including using a chain like Jerry Lawler at the end. Um, which I absolutely loved. And of course, you know, cheating is like the worst thing you can do in Shimmer and Dave like loses it and like even confronts the referee after the match. Um, but I think the highlight of this was, um, the, the commentary. Yep. <laughs> We're- they
1: just because, start talking about Portia Perez and, like she's four. <laughs> yeah, and it's amazing because, like we said, Danger came out and she was, like, shoot hot still about Cindy. And then about a minute later, she just, like, flips a switch and then, like, turns into, like, Jesse Ventura, like, cracking jokes. And and she just goes in and starts making all these jokes about how Portia Perez is a kid and, like, she needs to, like, take her over her knee and, like, get, you know, ground her and send her to bed without dinner and all that sort of bullshit and then Prozac it's so funny because Prozac was having none of it yeah. like he was sitting he, there she like everyone that she is 20 years old yeah he made a point like it's he didn't find it funny he was worried like he was dangers just cracking jokes about how tiny this kid is and then he's sitting there going no 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 guys i, I know I, I know you're worried but like she, i swear to god she's an adult i swear to god like <laughs> It's like, you're not trying to date her, Prezac. You can calm down. It... Um, <laughs> but another line
0: I got, and I don't know the context, so maybe you remember, but Danger says, this is what you get for not my spacing me.
1: <laughs> I didn't even hear that.
0: I don't know. But,
1: geez, but what I think, did. again, it was just, I think, no, I think it was when Portia was uh, was on top and was hitting stuff, um on uh, Josie, and then Danger was saying it, like, as if she was Portia, like, okay. saying that as, like, a child's motivation for beating up someone, <laughs> like, you didn't, MySpace me, because, you know, welcome to 2007. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was just, yeah, it was just kid jokes the entire time, and it was just so weird, and Prazak was just so not into it. And, you know, but, you know, the curious thing, though, is that um I actually – Googled uh, Porsche Perez, and at the time of this taping, she was actually nineteen. So he didn't okay. even get her age right. <laughs> <That's hilarious. laughs> but she was in fact a legal adult. Yeah, okay. um, yeah, and then the finish, like my god, the finish. Yeah, it's great, eh? It was amazing because Porsche goes under the ring um, and grabs a chain to hit Josie with and and pin her and and, and win. This chain, I don't know where they got it from but it was bright yellow and it looked plastic. (laughs) It was amazing. It looked like one of those plastic coated like chain links. Like it it was amazing. And then they had to like act like it was a deadly weapon. And I just, I just was hysterical because it looked ridiculous. So it Um, it cracked me up even more about this because like, first it was an awesome
0: finish and it gets Portia over as like a cheater who'll do anything to win but like at this point Dave is so fucking pissed and he can't believe that Bryce missed this and he's like completely outraged and then Allison Danger like she's just like well she needs to get talking too. <laughs> like she's still a child yeah
1: this happens and Prezek is going out of his mind about this heinous act of you know chaining and Danger is still just cracking jokes <laughs> about you know she needs, you know, she needs to be grounded and like, you know, like shit. Like, and it's just, wow. And Prasac was just big mad. And he was like, he full on was just like, no, she's not a child. This is an adult, you know, cheating and shimmer and, and just going off. And was just like, whoa, dude. And I, I mean, I don't blame Prasac to an extent because this finish kind of did look, make referee Bryce Rumsberg look stupid because it's one of those finishes where like, in order for it to work, the ref has to be distracted by the baby face for a very long time for no reason, like, to, like, to have his back turned. And he was, like, pushing Josie, you know, like, a, to the other side of the ring for, like, absolutely no reason in order for for Perez to hit her with the chain. And it was just, it was, like, one of those dumb distraction finishes. But, I mean, it was, it was a good heel move from her. And, yeah, and praise that oh, he was big mad, and Danger's just trying to, you know, ground her without supper, kind (laughs) of, like... Did you see that Frazak got
0: out and started yelling at Bryce after the match?
1: I didn't see that, no. (laughs) Oh, yeah, well, I don't (laughs) doubt it. He was... He's caught Danger's, uh... Danger's disease of, you know, just being very, very anti-cheating. It's weird, like, because Danger's... just said anti, that's... I'm talking to you
0: guys. (laughs) Danger is... Like so against cheating, but I guess because she she thinks Porsche is too young. Like this time, it doesn't bother her.
1: Yeah, <laughs> oh, well, yeah. You see, you see how it works. Rebecca Knox deserves to be murdered in the ring. Uh, Cindy Rogers is going to get the shit beat out of her. Next volume. Portia Perez uh, just needs to be grounded. <laughs> You know, she's just a kid. She doesn't know any better. Too much to be just so when I was young. <laughs> weird. And I mean and it's it's another one of those things where like it was just kind of funny and I I could but even at the time, like it and I could tell because Prazec was very uncomfortable with the jokes and was like trying to reassure us like straight away that she is an adult and it's fine, like it but like it sort of is a was a little bit uncomfortable that yeah. that she was being infantilized so much, but like yeah, it was just for jokes, but yeah, it was all just a wild ride. Yeah, that,
0: this is, this is one of the more interesting segments mm-hmm. I think we've seen on all these Shimmer volumes. So, mm-hmm. uh, there is that. Um, but next up, we got, uh, Rebecca, Rebecca Bayless, uh, Becky Bayless. Uh, she's now part of the, uh, the, sh- uh, Stardom, Stardom. I've watched too much Stardom lately. Uh, Shimmer team. Uh, and she's here and she brings out Daphne. Who, so we've had like a couple shows now where Dave was trying to figure out what Daphne is doing here. And uh, Rebecca Bayless just goes, Hey, what are you doing here? And she's like, Well, I may wrestle one day, but for now I'm here to become a manager. So she was able and to. And Dave
1: Krasak do... is sitting there at the desk going, How fucking hard was that, journey? <laughs> because <laughs> he tried. <laughs> he tried. Like, remember, she wandered out to commentary and Dave was sitting there going, Like, so what are you doing here in Shimmer? And then Daphne would just blah, blah, blah. And he's like, no, no, really. What are you doing in Shimmer? And she would not answer him. <laughs> now he's sitting there going, oh, come on, dude, really? <laughs> okay. uh,
0: so that was fun. But uh,
1: Oh, is- you know, I, my, uh, sorry, just my favorite part about this um, was, first of all, I have a question. And, I mean, this is me because I'm not that familiar with Daphne in general, because I never watched WCW and I like, I didn't pay attention to her in TNA and stuff. So I haven't seen a lot of Daphne. Um, what kind of goth wears a pink top and white pants? <laughs> I know, eh? I'm very confused right now. And also, but, uh, but apart from that, my favorite part of this whole segment um, was when uh, Daphne got the mic and she started uh, – like doing her speech, you know, like I've I come here to shimmer, I've worked in promotions like all around the world and done all sorts of things and this one guy in the crowd just goes, Good for you <laughs> <laughs> And she was like, Oh thank you. I'll let it <laughs> continue.
0: That was pretty good. Uh um, so that was yeah,
1: so
0: Well I don't like I think Daphne's always kind of had like a goth look, but I don't think she they ever said the word goth ever because
1: like Bayless it's... did
0: when she introduced her. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. The pink shirt was weird. Uh, but she was more known for, like, screaming. That was kind of the big thing. Fair enough. Um, so what do we got next? We got Daisy Hayes uh, taking on uh, the only diva on the roster, Amber O'Neill. Um, and I like this, too, because uh, on Volume 7, uh, Daisy, you know, was, like, in the main event and lost. And now here she is, like, in the mid-card, taking on Amber O'Neill, kind of showing how important wins and losses are.
1: Yeah, I really like that about how they structure the cards. Like, you can actually see when someone is moving up the card, or if someone has a big loss, then they move down the card. Like, it really is based on wins and losses, and you can see the results of the matches matter, which, you know, is always nice to see in wrestling for a change. Yeah, for sure.
0: And we had a really cool, like, cutout with moving arms. Uh, of Daisy Ace in the
1: crowd. Oh, that's what I, I was trying to read my writing and I couldn't figure out what I was trying to say, <laughs> but the moving cutout. Yeah, it was amazing. I loved it. And it's just, and even when Daisy came out, like, she was super over. Yeah, yeah. These people love her. And I mean, I love her
0: too. I, yeah, She's like, great. Yeah. For some reason, though, I don't know why this didn't connect in my head until now. Because I guess you can call me. Slow or stupid or unobservant. I, I didn't realize how marijuana linked her gimmick was like before. Really? She has fucking like she has marijuana leaves on her outfit for for fucking. Yeah. Shit. And I'm like, was that always there? I don't remember that. So, yeah. And her name is Hayes. Like, oh my god. Um. Yeah. Uh, right. The
1: reggae music.
0: The reggae the, uh... music. Too. This is like the first time I like heard the lyrics. Um, like, I, and I, like, actually noted the
1: lyrics, and I'm like,
0: wait a second, guys. She, she's... Where's Alice in danger to, like, uh, talk her down?
1: She doesn't mean haze as in smog.
0: <laughs> I know. So, anyways, there's that. Stephen. Steven. <laughs> oh,
1: dear.
0: I know. Um, So, yeah. Oh, and also, before the match, (laughs) Amber grabs the mic and is like, you guys like her? (laughs) And then they're all cheering. She says, well, my outfit is cuter, so whatever. (laughs) It's like the most, like, valley girl thing, uh, which knocked me up.
1: But she was also complaining about, like, a hole in her stocking, I think. Like, she kept pointing to it and being like, look, look what you did. And I'm just like, yeah. But, I mean, hey, holes in your stockings fucking suck. So, I mean, I hear you, Amber. Yeah. So, th- this was just,
0: uh, basically to, um, to get the Hayes back on track, right? Um, Amber, even though she hit her move that she used to beat Josie, um, you know, Hayes kind of kicked out <laughs> and ended up winning anyways.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was basically, yeah, like a settler for Daisy Hayes to get, yeah, get her a win again and get her back on track. And Amber, like, we know Amber's role, I guess, in the company. She's the diva. She's the kind of, of all the heels, I think she's sort of the most, uh, over the top and most, uh, ridiculous. Yeah. Um, you know, and so she serves a purpose here just as someone that, that you can beat, basically. Um, but, but having an entertaining match along the way because she brings all of her heel tricks and, you know, and talking and stuff like that. So, yeah, it, like this was fine. Um, yeah, and, uh, yeah, Amber really, and I think this is what I noticed, uh, especially one of those things in Shimmer. Like, we were talking earlier about how we know the heels are heels because they act like heels, they wrestle like heels, and there's basically like a, a triangle of heel moves that, that they do in Shimmer. Like, they, they use the ropes to cheat. They pull hair all the time, and then they choke them. Yeah. You know, like the three the three illegal things that the heels always do. And she yeah, like you just have nailed to it. And yell at the crowd too. And yell at the crowd. Yeah, yell at everyone in the crowd. It was like one after the other. So Amber sort of went through all her the heel tricks in her bag, and and I mean it was good. Like it was fine. And then yeah, and Daisy made a big comeback, and we got we got some nice near falls. Yeah, for sure. Um, in it and yeah, and Daisy won with her her combo. And I, I, like, this is...
0: Matches like this make me really appreciate uh, Shimmer because a lot of wrestling, like, every match has to be good, everything has to be great, everything has to be a big story or something wild happened, and you get fucking exhausted just watching it all. Like, I can't watch a whole, like, uh, Ring of Honor show from this period in one sitting. It's just, it's too much. Uh, but here... You know, here's a match. It's good. It's entertaining. Um, it progressive stories, but it's it's not um, it's not too much after too much after too much. It's kind of like a more of a little bit of a cool down after we've had um, we had uh, that big story with uh, Cindy and, and Daisy or er, Cindy and uh, Danger. It's kind of like okay, let's kind of regroup um, and get you set up for for bigger things to happen later. So, I do really appreciate the uh, pacing of the shows.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, the matches themselves don't wear out their welcome. Like, all these undercard matches are usually about, you know, seven, eight, ten minutes max, you know? And especially, unless there's like a long tag team match in the middle there, which there was on this show. But all the undercard matches are about, you know, seven or eight minutes. They do their thing. Nothing is really – nothing is bad. Like, nothing is ever bad, really. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it, it's just decent wrestling, and then they go home, and they do what they have to do. They give someone a win who needs a win. They introduce characters. They, you know, yeah, keep storylines ticking along so you know who everyone is and what they're doing. And that's it, and that's the job of the undercard um, so far, and they've really been nailing it, yeah, like you said, without really – uh, yeah, you never get bored at any point and you never think, Oh, this sucks. You never think this is too long. You know, you never think, Oh, this, this person can't work, you know, none of it. It's just really, it's just decent little matches on the undercard to set everything up. And then, and then you get the main events later. Yeah. I really enjoy how they do it. Yeah. So we get uh mischief promo, uh,
0: with uh, Bayless backstage, which I rather enjoyed. Um, uh, but <laughs> Bayless just basically comes up there. and was like, "Why would you fight Kong?" <laughs> which is a great question. Why the fuck would you fight Kong? And Mischief is like, "I have no fear," and screams in her face. It's like, "You doubt me? Uh, I'm gonna kill her." Uh, which I thought was uh, Mischief is really good.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it was a good answer. It was a good question, and then a, and then a good answer. So, <laughs> yeah, I like I like Mischief. It's a like it, the screaming. It's an easy gimmick to work kind of thing. Like it's it's. Yeah, very enjoyable, and she can just do that and scream and say, I have no fear, which, you know, is true from what we've seen. That's what she does, scream and have no fear. Um, Yeah, and I'm excited about the idea of her versus Kong, so we'll see that soon enough. Yeah. Uh,
0: So, Tyanga Ringer uh, taking on Nikki Rocks. Um, Rocks is pushing up the card very slowly. Um, Has been basically been the story long ever, ever since she lost to Kong. Has been um, the story of her trying to move up and up and up. Um, and this, this story, this match goes along with this. Tiana um, Ringer, though, she's wearing all blue. Uh, she looks great, but boy, oh boy, does the crowd ever latch on to Smurf jokes and the announcers and Matt latch on to Smurf jokes during this thing.
1: Oh yeah, this is what this is what this is about now. Um, you know, a poor Tiana Ringer or. Lucky Tiana Ringer, depending on you know how you would think this this will help her, but yeah, it's, she came out in blue and it was just Smurf Smurf chants and then Smurf jokes from from the get go. Um, she also came out doing like this weird like you Talk know fake stuff. kung fu shit, you know like <laughs> poses, and i was just like okay, so she's I think I think Tiana Ringer is still trying to find her feet and figure out who she is. Like, we know she's a heel and she's been adding stuff along the way, like from volume to volume, but she still kind of hasn't honed in on what makes her special yet, if that makes sense. So now she's, you know, now there's something new here. Like she's, we have the Smurf jokes, which she'll, you know, probably lean into. And then the the weird Kung Fu shit she was doing here, like just to be a dick. So yeah, she's still trying things, I think. Yeah. And like,
0: with Portia Perez and uh, Amber O'Neill, some of these more outrageous heels, uh, like, to just to be a really solid heel, uh, you're not going to stand out. So, oh, and, like, uh, the experience, too. So, you know, this is, this, this outfit, at least in um, the Kung Fu, which really cracked me up, um, really helped there. And, again, she's really solid and good in the ring. Like, she's not going to be your main event superstar but what a valuable person to have on the mid-card.
1: yeah well I mean yes but like you said like in a sea full of heels and particularly now that they're turning even more people heel on the undercard like Cindy Rogers turned heel Portia Perez is a heel a new heel that's turned up it, there isn't a lot of room there for undercard heels anymore and it's Tiana Ringer doesn't really stand out in that group um unfortunately, and, like, I I wasn't wild about this match, um, and I feel like like Tiana Ringer is fine, um, but I think particularly in this match, I noticed that, like, she didn't... It, like, like I said in the beginning, it still feels like she's trying to figure out who she is and what to do, and it didn't feel like she knew. Like, she took over, and she would start working a leg, and then she would, like, forget about it and work the back, and then forget about it, work work something else, so then go back to her leg, and it just, it felt like she didn't really know what she wanted to do, and then, yeah, and then in the meantime, we have all these Smurf chants, which were at least, like, getting the crowd involved and getting into it, and makes her stand out a little bit, but, yeah,
0: and... I kind of blamed Rox more, like, this was an okay match, it was nothing special, but like, the awkwardness and stuff, I'm just not, like... That's sold on Nikki Rocks. Like, she was great for his Kong, but, like, every other match she's had has kind of been, like,
1: a little off. Yeah, sense? and we... No, definitely. And we talked about this, like, the whole time. I mean, like, I call her a baby giraffe and an alien because she looks like she has no idea how to, you know, use her human limbs. Um, she's had another six months to get used to her human limbs uh, since the last taping. Uh, but yeah it hasn't really it hasn't really shown here. um she's still like you said, still very physically awkward and as well, yeah, like i'm I'm not just blaming Tiana for the match, and I, it wasn't a bad match. It was just kind of there, and it didn't really like hook me in any way. and so yeah, like I said, I didn't like Tiana on offense, and Nikki Rocks isn't the kind of wrestler who can overcome that because she is awkward as well. and yeah, so this match just kind of ended up happening. For the most part, and Nikki rocks won with uh, the hug- with the hugging stunner, which now has a name. It's called the Barbie Crusher. Yeah, that's a weird name. Which is weird because she's in Shimmer, and there are no Barbies in Shimmer apart from, I guess, Ember and But <sighs> it's yeah, it seems incongruous, but nevertheless, that is now the name. And yeah, so this yeah this happened, and yeah, I just I just wasn't into it. Yeah. And yeah, I don't think either of them had a particularly good showing here. Yeah, for sure.
0: I agree with that. Uh but out comes Bayless again, who's who's really working.
1: Uh they're getting their money's worth from her aren't they? <laughs> I know.
0: Like most people are like backstage and she's like really looking for scoops here. Uh she's but, in
1: the ring, she's at the entrance, she's backstage, she's exactly. she's all over the place. Investigative yeah. journalism. Yeah,
0: for sure. So she, she uh she grabs Nikki Rocks and um uh, Nikki Rocks basically says, "I want the winner of uh, Del Rey and Melissa in the main event."
1: Yeah, and which again goes back to our point about how you can see how wins and losses matter in Shimmer. Um, we um, have seen Nikki Rocks keep getting these wins and keep moving up the card, and now it's the time for her to say, "I actually want a main event match." Like she's worked her way up to it and earned it by winning matches, so it's it's good to see that actually pay off. And total and she's not like
0: I want a main event match against someone. She she wants the winner of the main
1: event. Yeah, exactly. It's it's almost like like so far in Shimmer, because there isn't a title yet. Um and because they sort of place so much importance on on winning matches in the card position and main events and stuff and they always talk about oh they've had so many main events, they're always in the main event. Um And it actually, it's almost like main eventing Shimmer is sort of a de facto title in itself. Like it's the only way you can sort of tangibly prove your position on the card apart from like winning a title. So it's almost as if Nikki Rocks is challenging for a title, the way she challenges someone to a main event match, like in a way, which, yeah, which is interesting. Because, yeah, and it is backed up from how they've presented it so far. Like it is a big deal for her to finally have a main event match
0: it's it's really great booking um so next up amazing kong is backstage she, like you think about amazing kong like i used to as just like this monster wrestler but fuck is she ever charismatic um, and you learn that totally when you watch glow too but like she's she's just such a delight i love amazing kong
1: she was delightful and I'm the same. I always I knew Kong from TNA first of all, and she obviously never really spoke in TNA. She was just a monster heel. She even had her short little WWE run where she was a monster heel and didn't talk until obviously you know real life happened and they had to get at to, um, to have a farewell and get off television. And then she talked about real life stuff, but it's like Kong is one of those wrestlers where it's like I never wanted her to talk. Like, don't ever ruin her by, like, by making her talk and be like everyone else. She's a monster heel. It's, like, the same way that I felt about Umaga, you know, like, a certain a certain type of monster heel, you just, like, don't ever let them speak. They don't need to speak. Just be a heel. That's it. And because the more mysterious they are as that kind of character, the better, you know, like, you don't want them opening their mouth. And... It was always like that for me with Kong. I even when she cut that promo to leave WWE, I was just like, "Oh, why are you having to cut a promo?" Like, you know, just just take her off television. And she got this promo here. It's honest to God, probably one of the first few times I've heard her speak. Um, and now I'm just like, "Well, fuck, she's Mark Henry. Why wasn't she cutting <laughs> promos all the time?"
0: <laughs> exactly. Wait, have you never watched Glow?
1: I no, I I've seen her like in GLOW, but right. I I don't count that as wrestling, because, like, she's just acting as, you know, as Keir Stevens. Like, I don't count that as cutting a promo, so. Okay, you, you said you never saw her speak, as was like, oh, okay, but yeah... yeah oh, well, totally not right. in wrestling, I mean, in, like, in wrestling.
0: Yeah, and, yeah, she, she's... This is a great promo. Like, this is not, like, it's not Terry Funk, but, damn, is she...
1: Oh, she was good so on the mind.
0: Yeah. Love watching her. Um, Speaking of someone that we... Oh, so first we get the, uh, the Shimmer Hotline, uh, promo. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that phone number is still in use, so maybe not call it. Maybe it is. Who knows? Um, <laughs> you can give it a call if you want. Um, but next up we have, um, I know one of my favorites. Um, I think one of yours in Lacey, uh, taking on, uh, Serena Deep, who, who's, uh, still coming along on the undercard. Um, man. I love just Lacey's entrance like it's not like the Undertaker where it's something weird or special but like damn can she work a crowd
1: yeah yeah speaking of good talkers uh, (laughs) Lacey has arrived yeah and yeah, she is a great entrance because she has, like, the long intro with the Disturbed song, and, like, it goes and goes, and then she just walks out and insults every single person in the crowd that she can see on her way to the ring. It's just, it's beautiful. And even it really she's, is. She's getting introduced, she, like, has to shoo the uh, announcer
0: out of the way so she can go in the middle of the ring and flex. <laughs> like,
1: Yeah. It's
0: just, like, the little touches. It's so nice.
1: Yeah, the other thing was, um, when the ref went over to, uh, to check her, like check her, um, gear, um, she objected and then, uh, she objected and then turned to the crowd and said, do I ever cheat? <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, yeah. <laughs> She's like shut up, and
0: like the full the rest of the match, she kind of just played off that as well. Like there was a point where she does a chop in the corner, and the referee wants to check her hand to see if she's like, no, she the ref doesn't even care. But she goes up to the referee and is like, look, it was an open fist. I'm not a cheater.
1: Yeah, she just says something to prove. The rest of the time, I never cheat ever. <laughs> she's That's like, what her
0: way not to cheat in this match too.
1: Was, yeah, to prove a point. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Which is good. And, and she didn't. She, she had a, she had a fair, square match. Really good. Uh, made Serena Deeb, um look like someone who could actually win this match. Which she couldn't. And, uh, Lacey pin- pinned her with the implant DDT. Uh, which is good because Lacey's had quite a few losses, um, <laughs> in Shimmer because she's so good at putting people over. Uh, so it was nice to see her get back on the winning streak here.
1: Yeah, I feel like Lacey did need this win, for sure, um, just to keep her sort of up at the top of the card. Um, yeah, I actually really like this. Um, and I think it, it stood out particularly – I don't mean to harp on about it, but like it stood out particularly compared to the last match. like Because this, to me, was actually focused offense, because Lacey just went after Serena's arm and kept on it. And then it, it became about Serena selling her arm. And Serena sold the arm really well, and – you know, she tried to make comebacks, but she was, you could tell she only had one hand, um, you know, one good arm to use, um, and was just trying things and she kept just, yeah, getting hit on her arm. Lacey worked it really well, um, you know, like would trap her arm and then slam her and do all that sort of stuff. Like it really was good work and, yeah, and then Serena was really good coming back, like, cause again, she was selling the arm and you could tell she was going for, Things she would normally do, like a spear, and you could you could sort of tell in your mind, like when you're watching it, you're like, oh no, that's not going to work. You have a sore arm, but it's like you can't stop her from doing it. <laughs> like, <laughs> but like not. It it wasn't in a way where you normally see where guys like pop up after they're done selling and just do everything with the with the arm. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like she really was selling it really well, um, but just kind of trying to persevere despite that, which is really cool.
0: Uh, when you look at the finish of the main event of the next volume, I guess. <laughs> Not this one. Uh, the finish there. Uh, but yeah, this was a really, really good, fun match. Um, and yes, very nice to see Lacey get the win uh, fairly. And Deep definitely looks like a, a good person on the undercard. Um, I can see why she got uh, signed up uh, eventually.
1: Um, yeah oh yeah definitely yeah she's looking good too yeah but like I said I think she sold really well here yeah
0: she really did um next up is Mischief and Kong and man this match made me very happy um (laughs) we got Kong coming to the ring and like as she's coming to the ring they just show clips of her just killing (laughs) pools during her entrance like they did a video over top. Like, they didn't stop her song or anything. It was just, like, during her entrances. They like, Hey, here's all the times that Kong just killed people. Uh, just to wet your whistle. Um, and, yeah, the the announcers say that it's going to be one of the most intriguing matches in the gym in history. And the, there's just... Kong just has an aura and a star quality that just makes her stand out so much here.
1: Oh, totally. Yeah, and... and as well as that, it was when Mischief came out and, you know, and did her scream and then Kong got in her face, like, yeah. really aggressively and Mischief just stared at her right back, like, sh- like, again, showing no fear, like she said she would. And they just had this massive stare down and it was like, and you could just feel like, oh shit, something's about to happen. Like, it was very cool. Also, speaking of Kong's entrance, I, um, I love the part where Kong was announced as, Uh, weighing none of your damn business. That popped me
0: so much. I did like that, too. Um, I think every women's wrestler should be weighing none of your damn business. Um, But uh, Kong gets to do that part here, so that's great. Um, So I wrote, like, two million notes about this match. I don't know how much I want to actually state because it was just mostly me marking out. Um, But... Yeah, we have obviously the story of here where Mischief is not, not gonna give any inch, but Kong is obviously dominant. Uh, which was really, really cool. Um, cause it wasn't like Kong versus, uh, like Rox that we saw earlier, where Rox was clearly the underdog and just, uh, was just trying to survive. Uh, Mischief was standing up to her and trying to fight, but like Kong's just too fucking awesome. Uh, So it was a really cool dynamic, I thought.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, it – um, yeah, it was Kong as a monster versus someone – not that she was going to, like, squash, but, like, someone who would fight back, you know, but but Kong is just so big that she just keeps getting knocked down, knocked down, knocked down, but she just keeps coming back. That's how it kind of was, like – and Kong just looks so great throwing anyone around. Um, You know, and so, yeah, the first half was kind of, like, a really fun, like, I don't know if cat and mouse is the right word, because Mischief worked a little bigger than that, but that that kind of idea, like, she was flying around, running around, trying to, like, take her down any way she could, well, and like, Kong... A,
0: a little, like, display of that is, like, Kong's just, like, dominating, uh, and... Um, Mischief hits, like, a head scissors and a leg trip to get Kong down, but then goes for a Boston Crab, but just can't do it, because Kong's too strong.
1: Yeah, she couldn't put the Boston Crab on. Like, I really love that that spot, because it was one of those moments where, like, she was trying to, like, lift the legs and put it on, and you could see from Kong's angle, like, her face, that she was just like, yeah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no and then just shoves her off, you know, yeah. just kicks her off, It it's just like... Not gonna
0: happen, buddy. And a lot of like, her stuff is like Kong, too, like, trying to throw her, and Mischief, like, goes down into a sleeper. Um, and then Kong seems to be faded, but then she just tosses her away, like she's garbage. So it, it's all kind of spots like that, where Mischief is getting dominated, she's kind of able to do something, but Kong is just stops her.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it was, yeah, very, very entertaining. And then... Uh, um, so Kong here's the gets, thing and then the to me
0: could be like seven different things in this match so It I'm could
1: be seven different things goes. but but my and uh, then, particularly because it's me and it makes me pop um, Kong gets mischief up in the torture rack but I think the torture rack where uh, they're lying on their side on your shoulders if that makes sense um, and then she bends Mischief back into a pretzel and then kicks Mischief's head with her own foot, like Beth Phoenix on Melina, in the, in midair while she's in the torture rack, which was like, fucked, right? And I love that spot so much, and this predated the Melina ring by a full year, and I lost it at that point because like, that's the most insane shit I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, that was an amazing, amazing spot. Uh, and I, I marked the fuck out. Um, oh, man. And, like, they had...
1: Like, so, like so much so that, like, I was kind of mad that that happened. Uh, <laughs> that happened, and then... and. Kong dropped mischief and then she went up to the top rope to do something off the top rope. And mischief popped the fuck back up, and I was just like, dude, like, no. But I can forgive mischief popping up just this once because she only popped up in order to get knocked down again. So Kong could hit the mother of all fucking missile drop kicks into her face. Oh my god. Hit a missile drop kick off
0: the top rope. I had so many explanation marks for that. Uh, but yes, uh, it, it was so good. And then she goes up top again and does uh, an amazing press from, like, the second, where Mischief
1: moves, but Kong still hits her, which was great. Yeah, which, which uh, yeah, Mischief tried to roll out of the way, but she rolled sort of... I, I think it was a, like, I think it was a fuck up. Like, I think she rolled in the wrong direction, so she actually rolled towards where Kong was landing, instead of away. And so Kong ended up, like, splashing her on her back instead. Like, it, and it, it was probably a fuck up, but, like, it looked really good, because Kong still squashed the shit out of her. Like, it looked, it looked way more, like, Dangerous. than it would have just looked if she'd splashed her in the first place. Um. Yeah. But I. I think. Yeah. She was supposed to move. Uh. But whatever. They. They just dealt with it. Um. So I think. And uh, Between the. Yeah. The popping up the first time and then them having to go on after mischief got splashed to shit when she wasn't supposed to. To like. I got kind of, like, a little bit annoyed for a second when it was like, oh, Mischief's popping up again. Because, you know, it didn't feel like she should have. But then it was so exciting by that point that it's like, I can forgive it.
0: Yeah. Um, And she was going, showing great fire, too. Uh, And then she she did the the rope walk. Like, she grabbed her arms and hit a huge tornado DDD. It actually caused Kong to go to the floor and kind of regroup.
1: Yes. DDT. Oh, that was a mad DDT. That was a massive DDT. Yeah, it was a rope walk and then the tornado DDT that sent Kong out. And Mischief, yeah, then Mischief hit a big dive on her on the floor. Yeah. Which and then she hits yeah.
0: a, a standing moonsault and gets a two, and, and the crowd's just insane at this point. And then, oh man. So Mischief tries, ducks a spinning backfist, uh, but gets. Eaten by like the hugest lariat ever for two. Oh, it was massive. And then she hits a sit out powerbomb, and Mischief kicks out. So Mischief hits her own back fist, tries an inside cradle, but that doesn't work. And then Kong's just like, no, this fucking shit's over, and hits the like huge spinning back fist, and then an even bigger sit out powerbomb, and that was it. Um, it, it was just like miss of doing her own move to her was enough to like get Kong serious enough to like just like fuck this shit and end it. And I love this finish. I love this match. Um, this is one of my favorite matches we've seen in Shimmer so far. I, I was in love with this thing.
1: yeah, it was great. It was clearly the best match on on this show so far like it yeah, it's one of the one of my favorite ones for a while. it yeah. So good. Like I said, like it was just I, I almost was just like, oh, why are you popping up? But then it was just like it was so exciting that I didn't care. Because she was just like hitting shit and then getting eaten, and Kong's doing fucking missile drop kicks and shit and malina-ing her in 2007 and yeah, and then hit the mother of all fucking lariats and the spinning back fist and two Batista bombs and just fucking yeah, it was. This was just insane. It was so much fun, and I yeah I was marking out the entire
0: time. And I can, like, I can kind of forgive mischief a little bit because like at this point, she's the only wrestler in the world who does yoga. (laughs) So she's a little more flexible. She's a little quicker to get up than people. Like it makes sense to me.
1: Yeah, even when she's not trying to do yoga, people just are bending her into yoga positions when when she least expects it, but yeah, and, I, and again, the idea that like Mischief is like crazy and screaming lady and has no fear and was just going to bring it to Kong, like it's sort of like that's what informed like the fact that Mischief just kept coming back, kept popping up, kept being like, no, fuck you, hit me again kind of thing, like it just, she just kept coming and coming and coming because she wasn't scared of Kong and and yeah, and has no fear. And which we've seen, you know, established already from Mischief. So yeah, that's what I mean. Like, it's, there are things you can nitpick that I, you know, I sort of felt and then dismissed because it just, it was balls out fun. Yeah, yeah, for
0: sure. Um, and if anyone keeping track at home, I added an 8.25 out of 10. Um, loved it. Uh, let's see. So what's up? Oh yeah, after the match, they just showed a video package of, uh, of, uh, Kong killing killing her, which is great. Because they don't do that every match, but uh, they do it during Kong matches, just to be like, yeah, yeah. Kong's Kong awesome. is
1: so great that they actually need to show replays
0: <laughs> for offense. <laughs> it's true. Um, <laughs> so, it main event time. Um, Cheerleader Melissa and Sarah Del Rey. Um, man, they have a hard act to follow, but these are, you know, two of the best wrestlers in the company, as you stated, and uh, so, how did this one uh, live up to your expectations?
1: Well, I think it did. I think, um, well, if you take it as, like, these are the two best wrestlers in Shimmer having a main event, um, it, like, it wasn't the best match that we've ever seen in Shimmer. And so, like, it, it definitely wasn't disappointing, but, like, I don't think it was better than a few other matches that, that we've seen so far. But nevertheless, this was a great, great main event match, I thought. Yeah, it was very classic. Like,
0: they were exchanging holds, things got a little, um, testy, a little. They, they worked pretty stiff, pretty tight, there was some, some brutal looking kicks. Um. And then, like, it got heated later on when they started slapping each other. Uh. And it all led to, uh, I, I thought, a very, uh, very interesting and clever finish. Um, so, and Melissa's reaction, uh, to losing was, uh, very beautiful as well. Um, she's very pissed. Uh, so, so, yeah, really, like, a really good solid main event. Um, not like the very good solid openers we saw earlier. This is a lot better than that. Um, not blow away. But definitely something that uh, you're gonna enjoy watching, I thought.
1: yeah, I think it's it's one of those matches where you just have to kind of pay attention to the work because what they're doing physically in the ring is so cool, like the way they get in and out of holds the way you know they put certain things on or how they like work the back and attack the back and and how they're selling the back and how they do this because my back is hurt, and you know that like that kind of thing is what I liked about it. Like it was really kind of physical and visceral. Like it, yeah, it was old school. It didn't sort of go all out. There wasn't like an all out, you know, big finishing stretch or anything like spectacular in it. But like it didn't, it didn't need to be. Like that's not what they were going for. I thought, you know, like it was just very kind of yeah. It was just a nice physical wrestling match and like i said like it wasn't the best match we've ever seen in shima for sure and yeah and kong vs. mischief that we just saw was was more exciting but like yeah it was definitely a great little wrestling match and yeah i particularly liked how it ended up at the end like after you know working the back because like The back sell was so good because, again, it was, like, it was subtle. And it's, like, I'm going to keep wrestling, but my back is so, you know. And it's, like, I think it was Sarah and, like, who, like, hits a superplex. Yeah. She's got the bad back. She ends up hitting the superplex. And she's selling the back so much that she kind of just flops onto Melissa to, like, to do a cover like she can't even use her arms to actually hook a leg or press or anything because she's like, she's holding her back in pain, but she just has to get her body and flop onto her and try and get a cover. And, and it was just, it was so beautiful, like just physically what they were doing with each other. And then it, um, yeah. And it, it sort of paid off for me in the, at the finish because, uh, Delray actually did end up getting her, uh, butterfly, you know, submission on that she ended up, uh, you know, turning it into the, the slam, the suplex yeah, that she so does she out of it, and getting spin. the cover, and yeah, and, and again, just doing that total limp, my back is dead, like flop cover, but it ended up getting the win because that's her finish. Yeah, she, um, so she has her in the submission, and
0: she's holding her up, and you can see her back's in a lot of pain, and we know at this point that Del Rey usually, like, lifts her up and slams her and pins her from this position, but her back is so hurt, you're like, she probably can't do that, and there wasn't, like, any no-selling, there wasn't any silliness like that, but she did, like, kind of like, oh, fuck, my back hurts, but I gotta go for it, and she does it and gets the win with that, um, so th- I thought that was really, that was really interesting and something you don't normally see. So that was cool.
1: Yeah, and that's what I, and that's what I mean. It was really good selling. And like, you can sell and still hit offense, and still hit moves, and still do. You know what I mean? There's a world of difference between that and just like popping up to hit all your shit. You know what I mean? Like, it it's absolutely a world of difference. And Sarah really sold the back super well. Even like I said, even through the end of the match, when she would hit big moves because you could tell it hurt her to hit those moves and she just has to, had to do it anyway, you know, and she was fighting through the pain to get it done. And it was just that she happened to like lock in her, her butterfly finish. And then, yeah. And like you said, like her, her back was giving out and she just had to hit the slam then and there. And it's like, it's one of those times where it's like, if the match had continued from that point, her back would have gone out. You know what I mean? Like that was her chance to hit her finish and win. And she took it, but, like, if it had gone on any longer, she probably wouldn't have been able to hit it, you know, five minutes from now, you know. Um, and that's what I liked about it. And the other thing, obviously, to note about this is that for all the talk during the show of will Melissa hit the Kudo driver on her or not, it turns out Melissa could not hit the Kudo driver yeah. on Del Rey. Uh, and, yeah, I don't think even really got close to it either. So, um. Yeah. Yeah, like I don't, I don't remember her like trying to put it on, like, and, and Sarah getting out of it. Like, I don't think it ever happened. It, like, it just, it never came up. Um, so it's <laughs> one of those scenes... Shimmer. We we
0: saw this earlier too. Like they do. They, yeah, they have like, a match, but they won't hit like a certain move, and then they can have a rematch in the future and be like, hey, you may have beat me, but you didn't, you know, I you didn't have to face my kudo
1: driver. So I'm gonna hit it in this match, and then you won't be able to beat. Well, exactly. And it's, that's what the whole, um, Del Rey Mercedes feud was, was centered around. Like they, they had three matches and they still I'm pretty sure they still never actually hit their finishes on the other, um, (laughs) which is amazing. Um, and yeah, and it's the same here where like they are having this great wrestling match and it's like, they didn't leave anything on the table. You know what I mean? It was, it was a great match and it escalated and had a really big finish and it felt, you know, big and substantial, but they still didn't hit the finish that they were talking about hitting, you know? So it's like they can easily go back and do a, like you said, do a rematch and Melissa can be like, if I hit my finish, you're done for. And then we'll see, you know, when that happens. So it's, yeah, it's always really good booking. Yeah. Again. And again, because they have not like a small pool of, of workers. I wouldn't say that, but like they have the small group of established kind of main event players in the company now. And, you know, Sarah, Mercedes is now off-injured, though. You know, Melissa, Mischief, Daisy, you know, Lacey at a pinch, um, who are sort of the top top of the promotion. And they're necessarily going to have a lot of matches with each other because they're the top guys, and there's only so many of them. So I think the idea that they um, they always leave room for a rematch uh, when these top guys face off against each other is really smart booking. And- Big props to Sarah Del Rey, who's
0: who's kind of in that that regal Finley vein of just so fucking good and smart and everything is so solid, but like they aren't gonna have these huge like standout blowaway matches that people talk about as like epic classics. But everything they do is so good, and they're always great matches. Uh, and she's she's really in that vein. Oh, yeah, absolutely. For sure. All right. And so, yeah. There wasn't any promos or anything at the end of this, so that's just, uh, that's it. Volume 10. Yeah. We do know, though, that um, there's going to be a Cindy Rogers-Alice in Danger match, and there's going to be a, a Nikki Rocks uh, vs. Sarah Delray match. So Yeah, now we know the main event good. of the next volume, yeah. Exactly. So, what do you think about this show?
1: Well, I think it was a good show. Like it, it may not have been one of the best shows, um, because I think the only the, the, the last two matches were really good. Um, you know, sort of like borderline great matches at that that kind of area. There was no sort of blowaway match I thought, like apart from the excitement of, of Kong and Mischief, I guess. But like and it's sort of we've got into the I guess the routine now of like the undercard is the undercard and yeah. and like we, like we were saying it's good but it also not a lot really stands out on the undercard in terms of having great matches or anything which like which again is has been good to watch it's easier to watch these shows for that reason but it's also you need the main events to then like deliver the great matches. And, I
0: remember more about the stories and the characters than I do the
1: matches themselves. Yeah, to put it that way. So it was it was a good storytelling volume to put it that way. Yeah. Because I really like the developments of like Cindy's heel turn and Nikki Rox's, you know, moving up the card. They've got new, you know, in new interviewers, new developments with Daphne and yeah, so stuff like that which I enjoyed. Um yeah. It it wasn't the worst volume, I don't think. It wasn't the best either. It was it was definitely a, a good watch. Yeah. Yeah. That that's a good way to put it. Well, thanks everyone for joining us, um, and and
0: we will we will be back, um, so don't worry, uh, we will return. So thanks everyone for uh, coming back to us. We really appreciate that,
1: and uh, have a good night.